And now, on with the show. David, are you still talking to the dog? I was trying not to. Oh, well, how's the dog? Underfoot. Good. Good for you. (laughs) I don't know. I got nothing. Welcome, everyone, uh, to Weekend Watch. Uh, We're here once again. uh, I'm Spencer. I'm sitting here, as usual, with Keith and David. What's going on, guys? Hi. Keith, you're just not going to say anything? Oh, I I did. Did Did you? He said a thing. Oh, okay. I could barely hear it. You guys tried to yeah. shit at the same time. Whatever. You've got uh, poop in your ears. <laughs> it takes too long. <laughs> Whatever. And that was on me. That wasn't the, the board. That was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we had a lot of issues with the soundboard last week, but it's working now. Uh, so that's good. Uh, we also we also have a very special guest this week, uh, our good friend Dylan. Dylan, how you doing today, bud? I am doing pretty well. Thank you, guys. All right. So we, we brought Dylan on because uh, this week we have a, a very special episode. Uh, seeing as how Disney Plus has been out for a while now, they finally acquired all of the properties for streaming. Um, Dylan is a huge, huge fan of Star Wars. Is that right, Dylan? Am I, is that fair to say? You know, I think that's, that's pretty fair to say. Good. I'm glad. Uh, I figured I was I was making a good choice here. So what we're going to do today is, is now that everything is streaming on, on Disney plus all the rights have been returned to Disney. We're going to be talking about all of the main, uh, Canon star Wars properties, uh, that we've seen anyway. Um, there is one series that I haven't seen that is currently streaming and that is uh, star Wars resistance. Have you, any of you guys seen that yet? I have not. No, I haven't actually watched it. Okay. So we're going to all pretend that that just doesn't exist. Nobody's seen it. It doesn't matter. Done. <laughs> Works for me. It's awful. I didn't even know that it, it that it did well, exist you yet. You learn so. something new every day. Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> uh, so what we what we were supposed to do is everybody was supposed to make a list uh, in rank order of of these of these properties of these films and TV shows. But it seems I'm the only one who did it. You could have just been professional, and we could have gone off your list. But no, you have to publicly you have to try shame, and shame us. us. <laughs> but I'm not even shamed. You can suck my dick. I only got 14 lines. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to do that, but we are going to be talking about my list, uh, the order that I think that these uh, these should go in. So, without further ado, we're going to jump right in. We're, I'm going to we're going to start with the bottom of the list. The what I think is the worst Star Wars movie uh, made thus far, and uh, at the bottom of my list, you guys is Revenge of the Sith. Wow. Um... That, that's an that's interesting one to go with because I've I've heard and I was on the side of for a while that Revenge of the Sith was the better of the prequel trilogy. I have since changed my mind, but people still do argue that that is the better one of the prequel trilogy. So I'm I'm interested to see where you go from there. I don't know. Um, I might have to. It, it's it's a close between that and attack of the clones for me it's really tough for me i i would have to i mean disagree with both of you and say phantom menace i phantom menace holds this weird place in my heart it's it's at the same time in my opinion the worst of the the prequel movies but at the same time it's uh very nostalgic it it brings this new sense of style to i mean especially after 
having freshly watched the original trilogy um, and the the sort of very stiff 70s acting and, and whatnot. It brings this fluidity and style to the universe, but at the same time, it's yeah, that movie. It's not good. <laughs> so, but that, like you said, that nostalgia is what kept it out of the bottom for me. Yeah. A lot of the choreography was like, yeah. obviously done up for, for this prequel trilogy with like the fights and stuff. It was, it was much different. You're right. It has a, a tremendously different feel. Phantom Menace. What, what really saves it for me other than the nostalgia is, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, yeah. He, uh, what, what so the reason think? I put Revenge of the Sith at the bottom uh, is is one line delivered by uh, Hayden Christensen, and that is uh, when no. he just says, well, from my point of view, it's the Jedi who are evil. I was lost. <laughs> the movie was over. <laughs> it was the worst line. I don't understand how that made it through everybody. Everybody who read that script was like, yeah, this is fine. This fits. Yeah, thanks, George Lucas. Like, he's I mean, is that of- worse than the no at the end when Darth Vader <laughs> uh, moans it out? <laughs> it was the saddest. No. <laughs> yeah, got, it was pretty bad. You've got some of these incredible actors, uh, Liam Neeson, and um, fuck, I'm blanking on his name. What's what's Obi-Wan's name? Are you talking about Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor. There Ewan you McGregor? Um uh, You've got some incredible actors here. Uh, Ewan McGregor was still young, but it, 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 you can't take away his acting ability, even at that age. And through a lot of this prequel trilogy, it, it's mind-blowing going back and watching some of this and, and thinking to myself, George Lucas is sitting there in the director's chair going, yep, that's it. That's the take. That's the one. That's, you just nailed it. Because there's so many scenes that it's like, why didn't we do like, five more takes of this and get something else something else, something could have been else. Better. like a somebody little bit take better. a dump in the background so we have something to focus on because this is hot garbage uh anybody have a different take on on worst star wars movie dylan what do you think you know <clears throat> i gotta go for number one not for jar jar binks because uh, i mean that's bad but really because it's the nicest out of all of their prequels two and three get much darker two is all about war and three is like being you know just completely consumed by the dark side the first one's just kind of holding your hand through yeah i get that i get that yeah a little bit of training wheels it's it i mean the whole thing is about a very subversive plot that starts off with trade negotiations you know it's like boring shit that obi-wan and gwaigon Jinn are sent to naboo to oversee bureaucracy uh, anyway, so yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Like I said, I think I think that's the worst one. I can't stand that movie. I'll still watch it. I still watch it a whole bunch, but it's it's definitely the worst in my opinion. I'm uh, a little surprised that we made it this far into into the show without mentioning the the awfulness of Jar Jar Binks. Oh, we'll get there. We're not even to the TPM yet. Every everybody. Well, I mean, we've been talking about the requels, and oh, don't you? Dylan was the first one to mention. That's a good point. You got a point. I'm just saying. Uh, he's there. He's that bad. So we're going to move up the list now, though. We're, don't worry. We're, we're going to hit on Phantom Menace a little more. Don't you worry. But the next one, in my opinion, the next worst movie, and I just rewatched it just to make sure when it, before I did this list, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Easy. Easy, right? It's terrible. I hate it. I mean, Rise of Skywalker, I would honestly put before any of the prequels because it just doesn't make sense. Just... As, as worse than the prequels? Oh, yeah. I watched yeah. prequels over Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I, I honestly debated between these two at the bottom for quite a while. 
I think I moved them both around on the list quite a bit. The, but the biggest thing for me on it is you can't have that many spaceships and not have a space battle. Like, what's the point? Yeah, like we're just running across them. That's all we're gonna do. Like we're we're gonna ride some horses across the top of the star destroyer, and that's it. We don't get to see them do anything. They're throwing curveballs at you. The whole the whole franchise has been about giant battles and giant space battles, and they're like, ha, gotcha. But you know you what, man? You shouldn't them. you shouldn't throw a curveball when a fastball down the middle will do the trick. Yeah, uh, I yeah, hated you're, this you're whole on a three and zero count. You you just gotta throw one down the middle, like that, and yeah. and they didn't and. I've only watched this once, I think, and it was in theaters. And I, I think I, I still liked it better than a lot of people did. I need to go back and revisit it, especially. And I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a few names that we're gonna get to probably way later in the show because they're high on the list. Watching things like The Mandalorian and Rebels and um, a lot of these side stories that we're getting that tie in to the actual story are giving me such a better version of what this universe could be of what these sequel this sequel trilogy could have been i think that makes it worse for me um i i plot holes and shit aside the the movie is is better shot and everything than than a lot of the the prequels it's easier to stomach the acting is better the lines are delivered better it's better directed the the practical effects are all there so that's why it, it won't hit bottom of the barrel for me but you're right it's it's it was the plot holes are just ginormous. You, you're being sucked into them over and over again. And they're wasting time on things that shouldn't, they, they don't need to waste time on. And there was a story there um, that, that could have been told that we didn't get. And I, 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 after watching a lot of this extra content of these other shows, I feel gypped. And, and that's why this one sinks so low for me now. But as a movie, um, I don't think it, it gets worse than than Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace. They're they're just bad movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know the right like the, like you were saying the the plot holes in Rise of Skywalker are gigantic. They took Star Wars should always like I don't know in the past it's always felt really big, really expansive, right? Like uh, in the prequels, even you're traveling to all these different planets, you're meeting tons of different characters. The universe feels large. And, and it's the coincidence like the sequel trilogy, it, it it felt claustrophobic watching it. Yeah. Like everything is too hand of God, you know, it's all uh everything just fits too perfectly. It doesn't I don't know. It, it you don't meet it. I, I don't know. I, I hated it. it. It just feels like I said, it feels claustrophobic to me. Yeah, you get there's too there's too much Deus in the X Mark. Yes, thank you. <laughs> exactly. You you have these coincidences that they brought about in the original trilogy that you're in this massive galaxy, this universe, obviously, and these slight coincidences that they're throwing in there of these people meeting uh, that are all connected makes the universe feel that much bigger because the coincidences are that more significant. And you're right in the, in the later trilogy, it, it takes away from that because everything's just too connected. It's just too perfect. It of the, the puzzle was a six piece puzzle instead of the 6,000 piece puzzle that, that we should have gotten. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Uh, so we'll move up a list. Um, the next one on my list coming in at number 12, uh, is the last Jedi and pretty much most of the same reasons that, that I hated rise of Skywalker. I also kind of hated the last Jedi. Um, it was better. I, I, 
at first I, I, again, I didn't know how to pick where each of these were going to go, but when I rewatched it, the last Jedi was a little bit better than I remembered the first time I saw it, but it's still not great. Um, I don't, I didn't like the whole hopelessness subplot. Like it felt too, again, it felt too perfect. Um, it didn't, it felt like it didn't make a whole lot of sense in the context of this vast universe or this vast galaxy. And suddenly we're confined to the entire resistance is, is on the brink of being wiped out, out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know. I just hated it. Next. <laughs> no one else has any thoughts of the last Jedi. Nobody's yeah, going to talk about, about drinking the, the big giant Island creatures, titty milk. When I saw The Last Jedi, the first time I thought I was really hyped for it, and the more I sat there and thought about it, it just, you know, the plot holes didn't make sense. Honestly, though, the Superman Leia kind of broke the entire narrative for me. I was just like, mm, that doesn't make sense. It just didn't fit in. You know, I, I feel that way about much of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Where I went in super hyped i came out super hyped like god damn it was good but i think a lot of it is just how good these movie makers make a movie yeah and it it just first to capture like wow that was car wars part of it you know where you got the film goer side of it where everything was cool everything was crisp the sound was there the feeling was there and then when you go to the star wars side of it which is always you always have to do as a Star Wars franchise, because it, it's not like, oh, we can get over that plot hole and we could get over that plot hole. These are Star Wars people nitpick every little thing. Yeah. That, I mean, people have made entire careers off of Star Wars. I mean, some of these authors and stuff go off on, into their own explanations of how this stuff happened and have made entire careers off of Star Wars. So you got to be sure that people are going to be digging in deep. And you're yeah. leaving it wide open like that. And it's just, it, it, like I said, it, it, they all, all of these sequel films gave me that feeling of, I really liked that at first until I sat down and, and did my analyzing as a Star Wars fan. You just had to think about it a little. Yeah. And the uh, so only yeah. One of the new movies that didn't take any reflection to know that it was just absolutely a bad movie, I went and thought on release night was Solo. There were four of us in the theater. That was it on release night, and it was just like it didn't it didn't do anything for the entire universe other than fill in a bit of backstory and literally the last you know bit of it, the last couple of seconds is really the only redeeming factor of the entire movie. That's fair. and you know for, that's yeah. I think that's that's the most disappointing because I think that's what Star Wars is my fa- my favorite part about Star Wars is the extended universe stuff, yeah. the stuff that's not about specifically the eternal struggle between the Jedi and the Sith and, and yeah, the start, the Skywalker and the Palpatine, like that specific story. I very much enjoy the stories of, of the bounty hunters and the, and the, and the smugglers and the, and the, the world that they've created that's just morphed into its own thing. And so when solo came out and flopped, it's just like, that's, that's more disappointing to me. I, I think, you know, Oh, we're getting there. Don't you worry. Uh, Next on the list is the Phantom Menace that comes in at number 11. Uh, Like I said, the whole thing for me was that it was that nostalgia factor. It was, I mean, if you compare 
I think David, you brought this up, like the fluidity of it, the, the, it, it feels much more dynamic than the original trilogy. Like if you go back and compare that, in, that first lightsaber battle between uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan in, in a new hope to the, the lightsaber battle at the end of uh, the Phantom Menace with Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan and, and Darth Maul. Yeah. I mean, it's worlds apart. Oh, massive. Uh, so that kind of, uh, it was also the first star Wars movie that I ever saw. I think I was, uh, fourth or fifth grade when it came out and saw it in the theater. Uh, yeah, so it's it got big, that nostalgia factor. Big. Uh, so that comes in at number 11. We talked about this one a, quite a bit already, but anybody else want to say anything about Phantom Menace? One of my oh. favorite things is the casting of Kira Knightley in that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like As, it, um, it's so subtle that if you don't pay attention to how she talks, you don't catch it. Yeah. It's kind of like become a joke is how, how close those two are, how, how similar they look. Kieran Knightley and uh, Natalie Portman. Portman. Yeah, that was a, yeah, it was a really great casting choice. She was awesome. Um, and again, Liam Neeson as Qui Gon. Like, if anybody's just the most sage Jedi ever, casting him as that was fucking phenomenal. I mean, and then you're casting Ray Park for Darth Maul. You can't get much better choreography out of somebody than that. Like, they, for her, that character, it's perfect. Like I said, they stepped up the game when it came to the combat and putting him on board was paramount to that. Like he's he's leading the the charge of that that choreography and it was it was beautiful to watch. Um I I I still go back and and even watching these crappy movies that there's like chill there's chill filled moments where you're watching the the battle between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Darth Maul and it's it's you're you have to watch every second of that scene. It's just fucking amazing. You know what the worst part about that is though, is that that epic lightsaber battle between them is intercut with the droids versus the Gungans out on the, the, <laughs> the terribly rendered CGI battlefield. I really wish we had gotten to the point of like the long shot John wick fight scenes by the oh, time man. we were doing this. Cause can you imagine those types of fights happening with, with some Jedi and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, no kidding. I, I would have loved it. The hand to hand combat in star Wars is so huge. We need those long shot fights. Yeah, for sure. So uh, moving kind on. Of, hold on to fill in a bit. This master and apprentice is so dope. It gives uh, Obi-Wan's reflections of during the battle, after the battle, and kind of fills in that context of that like extended universe stuff of his internal dialogue and dilemma during that. So it's That's really super, cool. super cool. What, what was it? Um, it is Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Oh, okay. Awesome. Is that, uh, is that still canon, or was that before the Legends Purge? Uh, this is still canon. Sweet. Oh, I'll have to check that out. So Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, um, yeah. a novel. Definitely worth checking out then. Oh, we're just talking about TV shows and movies. That was mainly directed at you, David. Our guests can do whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to (laughs) disconnect David again. (laughs) Fart jokes this whole time. We can do it. (laughs) All right. Coming in at number 10 on my list is Attack of the Clones. See, and this is much lower for me personally because I hate the time jump that we took. We missed so much. 10 years yeah it's a long time and it it just it just hurts me so much that there we, we could have had a, a lot more um 
interaction with the the change in in Anakin um a little bit more of the banter of him growing up with with Obi-Wan and stuff and we did get a little bit of that but we're getting the tail end of it and I want the meat of it yeah and, and it pisses me off and this this movie just like pissed me off that it felt rushed to me. Um, it, it kind of blasts through a whole bunch of of shit just to speed along the plot of the trilogy, and and it just bothered me. That this whole movie just bothers me. That's fair. It suffers from middle movie syndrome a little bit. Like you know, they they spend a little bit too much time setting up for next movie. You know, like this is what they've been doing a little bit since since the last movie, but also all the setup stuff for the next movie. Right, it kind of gets lost a little yeah. bit. Uh, we did get a pretty great uh, lightsaber battle between Yoda and Dooku. Yeah, it was cool. I remember being in the theater and the place lit the fuck up during that fight. And that did add to the hype of that movie. Being their opening night and everybody's just like, fuck yes. This is, that's what we came to see. And it was, it was a great crescendo to the movie for sure. Yeah, so you know, it introduces the, the clones. Excuse me. Uh, the war goes full scale. Um, we spent a little bit too much time on Geonosis, but what are you going to do? Uh, it's not a great movie, but in my opinion, it's still better than the other two in uh, in the prequel trilogy. The cool thing is the introduction of the lightsaber color lore that it, you know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson basically brought into the entire universe just because. So because <laughs> he wanted like, a purple lightsaber. Yeah, and it opened up this entire whole new chapter of lore of your lightsaber color means something more than just red is bad and green or blue Finding like, that kyber crystal is an integral part of your training like if, if you don't yeah. go in and you come out with a broken crystal then then like you you don't get to make your lightsaber there's a whole lot of lore behind this that came about from that and luckily it was good lore rather than midichlorian lore so <laughs> That was one choice that was really good in Attack of the Clones. They just kind of stopped talking about that forever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it does come up a lot more like, again, we'll get to these, you know, some of the side stories that are far better than these movies. But, um, you know, how Ahsoka's lightsaber color changes throughout every property she's in as she, as you know, her role in the Jedi Order and her role in the, the Resistance and the Rebellion and you know, beyond that, her lightsaber colors change as she has to make new ones or, or, you know, her, her connection with the force changes, changes the color of her lightsabers. Yeah. Kyber crystals are insanely force charged minerals basically. So uh, yeah, it, it makes sense that her lore changes with her, her crystal lore as well. So moving up the list, uh, the next one for me, number nine was, uh, the force awakens. This was wow. the better of uh, the sequel trilogy, obviously. Like, uh, um, it it introduced some really great characters. A lot of people hated that Adam Driver was Kylo Ren, and it was like, man, I thought he, he's I thought the best that, part. I thought his like introduction, especially, was fucking incredible. When Poe takes that fucking shot at him and just, oh, just still to this it day, like, it gives you me can do that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like that showcase of power from the get go was that was choice. That was it really set the tone. Um, yeah, like I think my my biggest takeaway from The Force Awakens, as far as why I, I actually enjoy it more than the other two of the sequel trilogy, were was the way it was shot. 
it it made Star Wars feel more real. Um, you know, the prequel trilogy, the original trilogy, they have this kind of this fantasy veneer over them where, you know, the original trilogy had that, like David said, the the late seventies, early eighties kind of, you know, the little bit stiffer acting. It's not, it's not great. Uh, you know, still fantastic and ever, of course, but it, you know, the, the, the force awakens incorporated a lot of these hyper-realistic shots. You know, the first thing that comes to mind for me is the shot of Poe and his X-Wings coming across that lake. Um, that was the way that that was filmed with, you know, these modern filming techniques just felt so much more real. It, it made the universe feel more realistic than any other property before it. It was very tangible and they did bring back a lot of the practical effects as well, which helped out, especially in this age of HD where you can make practical effects look fucking remarkable. And they did. Yeah. It was great. Uh, like that, that being- whole beach scene. You know, all the fires and all the explosions. The fact that they actually did real ones, you can see the difference. It gives a depth to the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, yeah, the way they shot it, those practical effects, it's just, it feels much, much better. Uh, that being said, the story is clearly a, a blatant ripoff of, uh, of A New Hope. Um, it retread basically the entire movie plot-wise. So, I don't know. You can't really... Uh, give it too much credit there i mean they did it really well but i mean it worked the first time too (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it worked this time this one just left questions that actually made you go well what is going on here like what's the deeper what happened why (laughs) it it just made you want to know and then the answers we got in the next movie were like okay well that's dog shit then (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh you've you've ruined it What do you what do you want? Curveballs or fastballs? What are we talking about here? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I'll take you the one as long as you're not punching me in the balls. They're they're <laughs> throwing curveballs, but it's hockey. <laughs> um yeah, so so yeah, Force Awakens. It, it, this is where we start getting a little better on the list. Everything starts to improve a bit from here. But um I think we've all right. So that covers the entire prequel and sequel trilogy are at the are at the bottom of my list. The bottom six are those six movies. I think I know what's coming next. Then is is I'm gonna go ahead and throw my guess out there that it's solo. It is solo. Number eight is solo. Uh, and Dylan and David brought up solo a little bit. Um, I actually really enjoyed solo. Like you I said, say, it I doesn't didn't... add all that much to the plot overall, but it was this to me. It was this breath of fresh air to suddenly we're not dealing with any force users. Um, it's completely separate from, from the whole, uh, you know, like you said, the Sith and the Jedi uh, main plot of star Wars up until that point. Uh, it just felt nice. Uh, it was a nice crime story, you know, um, crime mystery and everything like that. I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I thought the casting was great. I, I, I went into this movie thinking I was going to hate it. I didn't watch it for the longest time. And I was talking to my dad. I was over at my dad's house and he was like, have you seen solo yet? And I said, no. And he was like, here you go. And he, he lent it to me and he was like, you got to watch it. I didn't think I was good. He's a huge star Wars fan too. And big time Han solo fan, like, like any dad. Um, and he was like, I, I thought it was fucking incredible. And I didn't think it was like absolutely 
tippy top of of Star Wars, but I liked it a whole lot more than I ever expected to. I thought it was greatly cast. I thought the writing was pretty good. We look, we knew what was going to happen. Like it was right. already spelled out for us. We're we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and they did X, Y, and Z, but they did it in a, in such a way that made me go, "All right, this is a fun ride," and I enjoyed the ride. You know, um, I knew what was going to come, but. You know, when you're riding a roller coaster, you go up the hill, you know, the drops coming and it's still fun. And and that's how I looked at this movie. It was it was a fun ride. And I I thought it was better than expected. Do we lose Dylan? He's not on his camera anymore. Oh, okay. His, his screen's frozen for me and it's got like a goofy face. You know how what happens when when <laughs> things really? he just walked away, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's got Bluetooth headphones on, though, so you can hear us. Yeah. Buddha had a peek. So I've been oh. <laughs> dog, dog um, right. fair enough yeah old dog problem um yeah i mean it didn't really we knew what was going to happen yeah i guess for me the choice for them to do solo instead of a ben kenobi story was an odd choice whereas we don't know what is going on during that period whereas we kind of already know the backstory of Han Solo. why are All we right. not getting better universe rather than stuff we kind of already know that does look pretty it was a great film that was made it just didn't do much i get that i'll say though what what we are going to get from obi-wan i think is going to be a hundred times better than if they were to just make a an offshoot movie about it like ben or whatever getting you know? a getting a series so, you know, I'm I'm glad that they went this route and just told an old story rather than giving us a fresh new story in a really shitty way because we are going to get the Obi-Wan story and after seeing the new stuff that Disney Plus has been doing and that what uh what's his name Filoni is doing and um what's Favreau Favreau yeah, uh, yeah. I mean they're they're doing amazing incredible things so I'm really Really excited to see what they do with the Obi Wan story rather than just a crappy little offshoot movie, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, it, you know, we knew pretty much the plot. But for me, what I really liked about Solo was the way it, uh, it illustrated the how what life under the Empire was actually like for for most people. You know, it's always Jedi and Sith, but this was you know you had those scenes of just how fascistic. You know the the galaxy had become in a short time. Um, you know, there's those scenes at the beginning of Solo where they're you know trying to get off planet, and uh, you know there's there's secret police everywhere, there's stormtroopers everywhere, there's checkpoints, and and you know present your identification and and everything like that. It really showed. It, it, I guess it expanded on the the real life. Real life, yeah. How exactly how how everyone was living under the Empire, which was was kind of cool this real populated life. Cause you know, we got to see a little bit of real life on Tatooine a couple of times and stuff. And a lot of these, um, outer rim planets and, and getting into a populated area and seeing how these densely populated planets were just being immediately overthrown. Right. Uh, yeah. I think it was a, a, a good new take in star Wars. Perfect. So uh, the, like comparison of that course, not where it's, super clean and then during the you know reign of the empire it's still very neutral looking yeah yeah and, absolutely and when we were there we're, we're getting to see like the jedi temple these they 
they live really well. Yeah, they're monk-like, but that that temple's fucking sick. Or we're in the Senate where it's literal royalty. So yeah. we're not seeing a whole lot of nitty gritty. And even when we do, it's what Obi Wan. You want to buy some death like sticks? Diner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, a bar here, a bar there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so solo in at number eight, uh, moving up the list, we get the first, uh, show on my list, which is, uh, the clone wars. Now the clone wars follow is basically entirely takes place between, um, attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith seven full seasons. Um, the first probably three and a half seasons are a little harder to get through. They're not as good as the, the latter half of the show. But, you know, it's a bunch of smaller stories broken up. Um, There was also some continuity errors, or not errors, but some continuity weird choices in the first three seasons where, you know, you'd be watching one arc take place and then all of a sudden you get get two or three episodes that take place three years ago, three or four years, six years, ten years prior, and it doesn't really spell it out, like, if you have to really pay attention to the plot of what's happening to understand that this isn't happening sequentially from last week's episode. It's almost like what they did with Firefly uh, initial release, where it's just so jumbled and out of order that you can't keep track of it. That's yeah. exactly. Yeah. There are lists online of what order to watch them in. If you want to watch them in chronological order, I'd recommend it. It makes a lot more sense that way, but doing it the other way, you know, yeah. Uh, if you watch it in order of air date, it's fine. You're not going to miss out on anything, but it, it does make a little more sense to watch it in chronological order. Um, that being said, like I said, the last three and a half seasons uh, were really amazing. They expanded on the the universe so much more. Um, there's even an offshoot. Like the one of the upcoming shows that's been announced is the Bad Batch uh, that spawned from the f- sixth season or seventh season of the Clone Wars. Um, definitely going to be worth checking out those are but, some of the uh, episodes too they're great yeah absolutely it, it's just so cool that like a group of clones uh and the, it, it's such it's such a cool thing to to base an entire show off of yeah you know absolutely um this was where we get the introduction of ahsoka who also shows up in rebels and in man in the mandalorian uh this is where she first premiered uh one of my favorite star wars characters ever uh, we she's get this is the best Jedi to ever have been written. She's just fucking amazing. Anakin, yeah. she's so complex Adelaide. and conflicted the whole way through. She is not just one way or the other. She actually thinks through everything at, like as one, like yeah, one situation at a time. Yeah, she's she's incredible. I I love this character all the way all the way through her arc. She's. She's got dark times. She's got great times. She's she's just the whole show. She's awesome. Uh, we also, this is where we get Darth Maul back after everyone presumed he was dead in, in The Phantom Menace. Um, I think season four is where he's first reintroduced. Uh, really and great. And that was such a great surprise. Oh, yeah. Came out of nowhere, right? It was a bombshell. It was great. You know, I think... Robot legs. Robot legs. I think, like, it was right around halfway through the second season, maybe into the third season that I think they just kind of figured out what they had. They started as like, Hey, let's tell some, some funny little stories about Jar Jar and the Senate and stuff, and just kind of go along with a, a little bit of side story. And then they were like, Oh shit, we, 
we could tell some really fucking good stories right now and they did and they yeah. they they turned it up to 11 and and carried it all the way through to the end it was awesome yeah uh for fans of the mandalorian there's a lot of subplots that take place involving mandalore and the mandalorian civil war um Bo-Katan Kreese, who was one of the characters that was reintroduced in The Mandalorian, first appeared in The Clone Wars, uh, becomes a pretty huge, uh, pretty huge part of the story in The Clone Wars, too. So a lot to check out. Um, it's a fantastic show. Like I said, the first couple of seasons spend far too much time focusing on, on Jar Jar and, and um, you know, some, some plot points that don't really make need, oh. you know, didn't really need to be expanded on as much as they were, but they kind of really hit their stride around season three for me. It's definitely higher up ranking because of how in depth it explains the lore of the force. You get the son, the daughter and the father, which is really hearkening back to the original journey of the wills, uh, journal yeah. of the wills and like that type of stuff. And you don't really get much more mention of that until you get into just a slight word in or one this is really the only place you get any of that ancient lore from the universe. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And to, to go a little farther on that as well, um, looking back on, on some of the episodes with Anakin and his prophecy that comes up here and there in the movies of he's the chosen one and this and that the clone wars blows that up. You, you get in touch with Anakin and in touch with the force and, really figure out why and how he is the chosen one and right. that story is nowhere else um, it, um at least canonically uh in film like is it in i, I don't know, even know if it's in the books but there's some really, <laughs> it's just some really great content from anakin in there as well and you get in touch uh with his massive split between good and evil and light and dark and and the the dichotomy of his character you also uh get to learn exactly how it is that jedi start to be able to uh come back to mentor people like luke after after they pass away uh so yeah that that whole subplot with the father the son and the daughter was was mind-blowing but yeah check out the clone wars it uh coming in at number seven it, it this is where we really start to get some good quality star wars content uh, moving up to number six on my list is Return of the Jedi. Um, in my opinion, it's the weakest of the original trilogy. Still fantastic. Um, but that being said, uh, I think they could have wrapped it up a little bit differently. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm I'm in full agreement with you. Out of that original trilogy, it was never my favorite, but I'm, it was always watched. I always watched all three of them together. So like it, it's not like... I was I was saying fuck this movie, but it was it was definitely not the one that um, I was jonesing to watch every time I was putting those VHSs in the the VCR. Yeah, uh, we did get both that and Jar. And by that time, they had really realized how much of an empire they had underneath them, and it did become such a cash cow at that. Whereas, like the first two, especially the first one, they had no idea what they were getting into, so it was a little bit more home roots raw yeah, yeah. Uh, i was gonna bring that up actually because this is where we first this is where we get ewoks which are to me feel very much made specifically so you can sell plushies <laughs> i mean they're at least they're not the porgs that's a good point uh 
I mean, funny enough, I actually I have a stuffed Ewok sitting up on my shelf right now. <laughs> like the Warriors <laughs> literally serve no purpose in any narrative. Uh, yeah. Chewbacca eats one, right? Yeah, that's it. No, <laughs> he had guilt he about it. Yeah, that's right. He just killed it for the fun of it at that point. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Return of the Jedi, it, it wraps up the story of the original trilogy. Um, there's there's some things left to be wanted, but it's still a fantastic movie. Uh, like I said, you get Boba Fett, you get Jabba the Hutt, uh, the, the Emperor actually makes a full appearance for the first time. Uh, it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I mean, there's there's a couple of things where it's like Luke coming out to to leia and saying you're you're my sister and she's like i know i guess i've always known especially that time when i was leading you on sexually in front of han solo <laughs> definitely do then i said that i said that when we were watching that 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 scene I, um she said i know and my line was i guess i can use the force now that you've told me i can oh, use man. the force uh let's move on uh okay so number five and number four are pretty much interchangeable in my opinion so i'm gonna bring them both up uh but number five on the list i've got the mandalorian uh i ever everybody has been absolutely loving the mandalorian i'm right there with them Uh, i think it is again another it's really injected new life into into star wars um you know the whole subplot with the child has been fantastic what did you guys think of it so far i thought it couldn't get much better from season one um and and i thought they were gonna do disney and star wars things and go into a new season and and just kind of trounce that whole feeling and they did it again a hundred times better it was so season two was so much better and i didn't think they could get better so this this is some of the most quality star wars content you could possibly feed into your eye holes it is it is fucking amazing it is really good the the interactions the people that they bring back from the the animated series and stuff and i'm pretty sure i know what your number four pick is um and and the way they tie in slight characters and massive characters at the same time um in both the mandalorian and and in rebels i'm i'm pretty sure that's the where you're going next is like they take these niche characters and make them massive characters they're making this universe so much bigger by doing that and i love it i love it 100 percent um and i think that's something that's really cool that they can do with the shows is you know take these background characters that's like hey look at that goofy looking dude yeah he's got a whole fucking life and shit going on in the background you know he's he's a smuggler and he's jedi he's doing smuggler things let's go see jedi because they murdered his entire family and he's vowed to kill every one of them like everybody has this massive story and they're telling as many as they can and i love it and one of the great things about that medium is if you were to try and sit there for a four-hour movie for just the first season of the mandalorian sure it'd be a great movie but it'd be a long ass movie and it would almost not be digestible. So by being able to break it up like this, it is much yeah. more palatable and more people can access it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my only complaint so far with the Mandalorian is that I want more. Um, I feel like being Disney, uh, having virtually unlimited money to throw it at, at this series, they could have done a lot more, especially by the time they got to season two. 
Uh, you know, I know it's expensive uh, to film these episodes because it's live action and everything, but it's fucking Disney. Like, it's what's Disney the stock and Star that? Wars in the past ten months? Exactly, Star yeah. Wars is basically a money printer at this point. So why is season two only eight episodes with an average runtime of half an hour? And that that was and the first if season. you take into the credits, it's what twenty six, twenty eight. Right. Something like, you know, there were some episodes that were a bit longer, but you know, so even being generous half an hour, right? Yeah. Uh, so why are we still only getting four hours a year when they could be filming it? Like any other, you know, do a 12 10 episodes, episodes or 10 or yeah. 10 episodes yeah. At, at, you know, 50 minutes a piece or more or whatever. Give or me more. Even if they went this like the so Witcher eight episodes that are 45 an hour long. Right. Yeah. Uh, I want that content. I want it. I want more of it. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I I let a few episodes build up at the, at a time for for Mandalorian season two because a half hour just does not suffice. I can't just I can't get by on just a half hour of this content. I need at least a couple episodes in a row to to make it worth watching. Or I'm just like fuck. I, I'm I'm gonna sit here just thinking about want, wanting more Mandalorian. So yep. Yep. I, I totally agree. Uh, so let's move up the list now to the other one that honestly, like I said, you could interchange four and five uh, Star Wars Rebels. Uh, I think Rebels was the point where Dave Filoni really uh, understood how to make good quality Star Wars content in a, a serial medium, you know, doing you know TV episodes, making it episodic. Because Star Wars Rebels has a lot of the same themes and uh you know that same kind of spirit that clone wars had but it feels a lot more perfected it has a lot more direction and it is 100% original story and that is an- why i agree with you on this pick of being interchangeable with the mandalorian you're introducing this beautiful new story with some amazing new characters but you're also bringing in General Tarkin and Lando Calrissian, these these little these other characters that we still have a bunch of background on, but not a whole lot of airtime. You know, Lando doesn't he's he's a big character in in the whole overarching story, but you don't get a lot of Lando ever. And throwing him into something like this was fucking spot on. And the whole show is just it gives that same feeling of brand new content. Um, and it, it just nails it. Like this is, this is good Jedi content where we're Mandalorians, like non Jedi content. Right. Uh, you also get a lot of continuations and, and really wraps up some of the, the loose ends from clone wars. So Ahsoka comes back. Like I said, there's more plot line that takes place on Mandalore, which had been kind of left up, uh, in the air a little bit when clone wars ended, uh, the Darth Maul, subplot gets resolved in rebels um we can't underestimate thrawn too right yeah i mean that's a whole new character one of the only aliens in the empire's rank yes and who is being you know teased in the mandalorian now um so it's honestly every property that dave filoni has been a part of I feel like he's had this like secret master plan the entire time that he's, he's somehow been successful in, in navigating, you know, the Disney bureaucracy and getting into his shows. 
because uh, everything is connected. You know, it feels a lot like the Doctor Who reboot, where you kind of have this main person guiding it along who isn't necessarily hands-on as the lead, but they have such an overwhelming force that they can guide the entire universe. He's yeah. got this 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 visionary undercurrent that's passing through all of these, you know, seemingly disconnected subplots. Yeah. Uh, so Rebels and Mandalorian are both absolutely fantastic shows. Um, I'm really, there are a couple plot points in Rebels that didn't get wrapped up quite as, as neatly as I would like. But again, we're, we just need more shows to finish them up. I, I, I have absolute faith in, in Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau to, to bring them to a, a satisfying conclusion. With what I've seen just in two seasons of Mandalorian and with how much Star Wars content is going to be just fishy, like just flooding out there in the next handful of years. I mean, we got shows and movies coming out galore. I mean, we're, we're going to get some of those answers. You know, a lot of these characters from Rebels and uh, are going to be shared among these other shows. It, it's it's a really exciting time for Star Wars. This This next like three to five years is going to be a lot of fun to watch definitely all right we are man we've been long-winded this episode so let's get on to number three on my list and that is the star wars (laughs) that is number three david (laughs) is uh a new hope the original star wars movie um yeah you can't underestimate the importance of a new hope it it really jump-started all of this it was such a a cultural phenomenon uh, it's also a fantastic movie. Going back and, and rewatching it is is a delight every time I put it on. It is terribly raw in seventies. I I don't know that I agree with you posting it above the Mandalorian. I I'm I disagree. <laughs> but like it, I was gonna say this earlier when we were talking about um, the Last Jedi. It's it's hard for me to rank these original movies because there is that nostalgia thing to them The the you're right. The a new hope is iconic. It set this whole thing in motion, but at the same time going back and especially on, I mean like Disney plus high, high definition streaming. It's uh pretty dated. It is. Um, even in high def though, it does still look good. It was shot on film. So it's, it's pretty easy to scale that up. Um, I think I the problem with it is they, they give us not the theatrical versions, but the uh, special edition versions, and I fucking hate them. I hate yeah. watching uh, Han Solo duck out of the way of Greedo's shot. I hate it so yeah. fucking much. All I the, hate the little the scene where he's, like Han Solo's walking with uh, Jabba the Hutt, Jabba. and it's, it's. I hate these versions so much i want the original theatrical versions that's what i've that's what i grew up with we had the box set on vhs that's what i watched and ever since the the special editions came out that's that's all you get yeah yeah i really hope disney nuts up at some point and puts out the theatrical cuts on disney plus i was really hoping they were going to with the release of disney plus but you know i wonder if it's something that george lucas put in his contract that they can't do it until he dies. <laughs> well, that somebody, me. that's I. That sucks because yeah, I, I I was noticing like all the at at the end of especially at the end of um, Return of the Jedi 
when it's Hayden Christensen standing there with the ghosts of Yoda and Obi-Wan and there's all the different CGI uh, scenes of uh, celebrations across the different planets that you, you can recognize them from all the other franchises. Uh-huh. All like the other suddenly movies. we have a, we're a, suddenly we're at a celebration on Naboo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Begin celebrating and it's like fuck off they're not supposed to be any dragons in the fucking original trilogy but that's yeah i will say the one scene that, that they added in in the special editions that i don't actually mind is that scene with jabba uh in a new hope because it was filmed at the same time the only thing they had to do was cgi in jabba the hut uh, but they everything else so badly, like it was were, pretty bad. To be they, fair, it was 1997. Yeah, I was gonna say they did these these CGI effects in the late 90s when they were just like when Toy Story just came out, and they're like, "Holy <laughs> shit, did you hear about this CGI stuff?" And they 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 just started throwing it in the movie, and it's like this looks like dog shit. Yeah, who the fuck? Especially when you had the real effects of Jurassic Park at that time, like. Oh yeah, it it was so amazing. Why would you go with shitty effects? Yeah, yeah. like somebody ran into the boardroom and is like, "Have you seen how real Toy Story looks?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even even going in to to Jabba's uh, palace on, on Tatooine when we had the full Jim Henson lineup, that was way better than the nonsense CGI hoopalop that they they run us through when we walk in there it's fucking bad it looks bad it sounds bad bad. the song's different everything about i'd much rather watch a bunch of jim henson puppets dancing around the stage than the cgi nonsense that they put in there fair enough that being said uh culturally cultural importance uh the the reinvigoration of of sci-fi as a genre when it came out uh you know or high fantasy in a sci-fi setting. Uh, that's why I put it number three for me. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree. A New Hope was massively huge. It it, it changed changed movies. So we'll One move thing on. I'll say is I, uh, sorry, uh-huh. and I'll say it real quick, is I love that when they made A New Hope, they brought in a lot of kind of nobody actors for the, for the time, and then they did that again for the sequel trilogy, and I love that they did that. that yeah, uh, absolutely. It made it feel... Again, more Star Wars going into that movie. Right. You you kind of could get lost in the characters instead of the actors. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like that's kind of part of the narrative is that they're taking nobodies and turning them into heroes. Yeah. Right. Like there's so much meta there. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, a good decision for the sequel trilogy. Well done. Uh, moving on to number two in, in my list of, of best Star Wars properties is Rogue One. Uh, I absolutely fucking loved Rogue One. I thought it was again, and I don't, I don't know how much involvement Dave Filoni had with Rogue One, if any, but it feels like a continuation of Rebels. Um, it takes place simultaneously. There's even some crossover between, like little Easter eggs to show you that these two are very clearly um, that they take place simultaneously. Um, it again tells another star wars story that is not devoid of the force but much more tangential uh you know you still had um you know the 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 scenes you know with the jedi temple protectors and and everything you know having some force aptitude but it's not the main point of the story it is a 
you know, this tragic tale of, of these people losing their lives in the name of galactic freedom. Uh, and it was shot in that same style that we got with the force awakens. So it felt much more real. Um, the practical effects were again, very real. Uh, it was just a fantastic movie overall. Yeah. I think I saw this in theaters probably like five or six times. Oh man. Yeah. I love this movie. Uh, I am with you on having empire this high up, but I think rogue one beats it for me. I think rogue one is, is, is has become my favorite star Wars film. Um, I would agree feeling, with you. the feelings it gives the way it was shot, the, the story it tells again, this was similar to solo in a way where we know the story kind of it, it's yeah. brushed over a bit. So we, we know what these people are seeking out to do, but telling their individual story made it so much more impactful. And the way it was cast, um, the cultural aspect of it, like it, it was just such a, a great moving film for, for the Star Wars franchise. I thought it was, it, it, it's just up there at number one for me as far as the films go. You know, and, and I, I, I can't be sorry. It can't be understated. You know that surprise ending. It just you see Vader in such a different way than anywhere else you get to see him. Like, I love it. You get to see so much raw power. Yeah, that hallway scene, mm. and it, and I think it really gives a, a nice ju- juxtaposition um, because, like, like I said earlier, that expanding this universe that is so huge, um, and a lot of the other movies deal with um you know the skywalkers who are these very powerful force users um uh ben um ben solo he's he's like really powerful but then you've got uh how do you i don't even know how you pronounce his way chira imwe who uses the force to to just kind of see to get around and yeah he's a he's a very good um martial artist but he's not like blowing shit up with his force powers not, and it's it, it lets you blaster see. bolts midair yeah he's just in tune yeah yeah he yeah exactly it lets you see that the force is much more fluid and um elusive thing than you just learn use the force oh now i can move know. rocks yeah yeah i can lift up my x-wing when you know when i'm, when I'm just beginning my training right. Um, you know, and like I said, going back to the whole rebels and clone wars connections, you've got, um, that, you know, there's, like I said, there's an Easter egg that mentions, uh, Hera Syndulla from rebels is mentioned in Rogue one. She doesn't appear in it, but she's mentioned, you know, in, in, I think over a loudspeaker on the Yavin base. Um, it's the f- conclusion of Saw Gerrera's story who made appearances as a young freedom fighter in clone wars. And then again in Star Wars Rebels, um, just fantastic. Awesome. I was really disappointed that they neutered his character's storyline so much in Rogue One. It was a bit right. Yeah. It, it did feel kind of abrupt, and and there, you know, his his storyline was really compelling, especially in Rebels, where he's, you know, his idea of how to fight a a insurrection, a rebellion against this fascist empire is different from you know the leadership of the rebellion as a whole and this rift it causes and exploring that would have been would have been nice to see in rogue one a little bit more it would have but they are also working with a two two and a half hour time frame i mean if they were given one of these disney plus uh, 
shows like they, they probably could have expanded a bit more on that but um while i i wish there was more me as as somebody who would definitely sit through a four and a half hour rogue one film i i get why they couldn't do that fair enough uh moving yeah. on number one on the list on my list is empire strikes back uh for me it was the best of the original trilogy um it became a lot darker than a new hope was um and far more serious than return of the jedi was uh everything kind of felt bleak um but in a far more realistic way than they tried to copy in in the last jedi um much more expansion of the universe than you got originally in a new hope um and we get a lot of introduction of a lot of classic characters like you said lando calrissian and everything for me it was just i think it was tops the list for me yeah this is this is my favorite of the original trilogy for sure and it's one of those that does not do the the middle movie thing in the trilogy like it was it was pretty incredible that i know a lot of people that this is their favorite film in in that original trilogy and rightfully so it's it's just it hits so many of those marks it, it ticks all my boxes of of what i wanted i i get to watch some some training i get to see how, how luke's progression there's there's a ton of character progression through this and it's not too rushed it doesn't have the middle movie woes yeah and like I mean, all the characters are faced with some sort of conflict in this one it's, nobody gets off easy this round from from the very beginning the battle on hoth all the way to the escape from cloud city it's it is intriguing the entire way through it is i think this is i mean from the the early starcraft er, star wars starcraft from the early star wars this is this is what set star wars on the that road to being perfection i think yeah i i i agree with you I, this is one that it still had their their humble roots but they they were starting to figure out that they they were sitting on something massive and yeah. i think they played it just perfectly 100% agree so that wraps up the list uh those are our rank order star wars uh star wars rankings we, there is a lot to look forward to coming up with star wars uh, especially on disney plus i think they've announced what 10 new shows in over the next four years or so so we are getting that obi-wan kenobi series uh ahsoka is getting her own series uh, we got rangers of the new republic coming a uh, prequel series following cassian andor who was one of the star one of the the principal characters of rogue one uh, they have announced a series set in the High Republic timeline, which takes place, what, 300 years, 200 years prior to, a fan, to The Phantom Menace. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, we got that Bad Batch spinoff of The Clone Wars. Uh, Lando Calrissian has his own story, uh, his own show coming out. Um, so plenty to look forward to coming up soon. Boba Fett. Boba oh, Fett, yes, He's that's the correct. Of the Mandalorian, yeah. I got Mandalorian season three, uh, a whole a whole show dedicated to R two D two and C three PO. So we'll see how that goes. But with that, we're going to wrap it up. We've already gone quite a bit over time here. So thank you, Dylan, for joining us for our special Star Wars episode. We really appreciate it. Um, really enjoyed having your insight into Star Wars. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. Uh, yeah, check- thanks, man. Absolutely. Uh, ch- don't forget to check us out online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Um, our website, three guys, one up.com. That's number three and number one. 
Uh, and don't forget to come join our Discord and tell us why our rankings are complete dog shit and give us your actual rankings and why you're right. Uh, other than that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you once again, everybody. And we will talk to you all next week. May the force be with you. And I'll...